0: What's going on, Word of Truth Church? How you doing? <laughs> Welcome to the Dear Future Wifi Podcast. I'm your host, LaTaris R. Whitfield. We are live from Arlington, Texas at Word of Truth Church. Man, we're going to have an amazing time today. Hey, listen, are you still shacking up with us? Go ahead. Raise your hand if you haven't subscribed to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. On. It's testimony time. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. This season, season seven, is all about tough topics. And we decided to team up with this amazing partnership with uh, caregiver coach, Pat Bailey. Um, She has a table out in the lobby. Um, I realized that as my parents are getting older and God forbid that um, well we all have to be caregivers at some point in our lives and so I wanted to make sure I educate myself on becoming a caregiver and I teamed up with caregiver coach Pat Bailey so we can learn about the early detection of Alzheimer's because African Americans are disproportionately uh, represented in that class with Alzheimer's so uh, without further ado, let's roll the video
1: Word of Truth Church Good morning, I got a question for you Don't you hate it? You actually in one room, you go into another room. When you get to the other room, you don't even know why you're in that room. (laughs) You may need a memory checkup. Hi, I am caregiver coach Pat Bailey, and I'm with the University of North Texas Health Science Center in the first of its kind Alzheimer's research study. There are things that you need to know about Alzheimer's, right? One, we're talking about 6.7 million people. But we're also talking about one in two black families being impacted by that disease. So there's a local research study where you get to have a memory checkup right here in Fort Worth. It's a caring team of experts. It's no drugs. It's an MRI. It is the best in brain health research studies today. So I tell you what we're gonna do. You're gonna come meet me in the lobby right after service that's right and you're going to be a part of the solution to fight against alzheimer's have that memory check up i tell you guys it's really important right now we all need to be brain health happy so come register with us in the lobby right after service and now back to lateris r Whitfield.
0: listen give it up for pat bailey y'all so make sure y'all visit her in the lobby Can I just give a shout out to one of the greatest leaders, one of the greatest pastors in the world, Pastor Evan Connor. Let me tell you something. When I say... Now the reason why I did that is because that brother, just by stewarding the calling over his life, helped heal the brokenness in me I dealt with a lot of church hurt and so this is the year anniversary where I joined word of truth um and I owe it to that brother right there for like leading me with uh kid gloves he wasn't trying to force anything on me he was just like just been a brother and through that brotherhood through that stewardship it began to heal the the brokenness in me so I honor you man of God for for doing that in my life And I thank you for that. Um, And I also want to give him a shout out, give him a shout out because this is the year anniversary that launched the Dear Future Wifey podcast on tour. And so by him allowing me to take the stage at Word of Truth, it began to plant the seed for me to go back and dust off my touring. Um, What I used to do for years, touring plays across the country. It, he ignited that flame in me again and since that year we've been to Bermuda, we've been to Jamaica, we've been to Portsmouth, Virginia, we've been to Atlanta, you know, we're we're going everywhere, uh, been to the Bahamas and so uh, God has been opening up a lot of doors and I thank you Pastor Evan Connor for doing that. Um, today, he had the vision of curating a panel of professionals so that, how many of y'all are out here married? Y'all married? Where are the married people at? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Y'all happy? Y'all, are y'all happily married or just married? Amen. All right. You know, it's crazy because in the first year they say we are happily married. But then you ask them about five years later, we're like, we married. <laughs> you know, we yet holding on, you know, so uh we want people to be uh not just surviving in marriage, but thriving in marriage. Yes. And so I love the uh, word of truth splits the church up in September between married and singles and so we're going to jump right on in there we got an amazing group of panelists and i'm gonna go from my right to my left and i want you to introduce yourself and the area that you practice
2: i'm ralph alexander
0: we hear you go ahead well, they, now they're debating on who going to introduce what y'all do <laughs>
3: I'm Doris Alexander, and I am here representing the area of marriage and family counseling. We're belief therapists
2: with the Bridge Christian Counseling.
0: He said belief therapists. Belief therapists. We're going to unpack what that is. All right. Good morning,
4: Word of Truth. I'm Brittany Broadus Smith. I am a Christian sexologist, and I bring you greetings from the Cathedral of Love Community Church in Willenboro, New Jersey.
0: There it is. Did you hear they said sexologist? All right. How many of y'all know what a sexologist is? She always gets on to me. I call her a sex therapist. She said, I'm not, not a sex it. therapist. That's I'm a sexologist. So we're going to
5: unpack what that means. Don't yeah, we're going to start. Don't we're going to start. Gonna start. <laughs> Good morning, Word of Truth. My name is Dawu Maybon. I'm a certified public accountant, and I'll be covering the area of finance today. Yes. Yes.
6: Good morning, Word of Truth. I'm Dr. DeAndra Poe, affectionately known as Dr. D, and I am a trauma therapist and I am uh, EMDR trained um, specifically to help with sexual violence.
0: Mm, that's good. <laughs> so, um, Pastor Evan curated this panel. He handpicked everybody to be on this panel because he believes that everybody on this stage has something that we all need. So far, with, after they've introduced themselves, you believe that they're going to be able to impart something in your marriage that you need? Yes. Amen. We're gonna start right here. What is a belief therapist? I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Many people do. Uh, so uh, first of all, our
0: area P- of, try of up from my mic is close to my... Our area of
2: expertise is marriage and family counseling. We do appreciate the scientific aspect, if you will, or the technical aspect of mental health and, and counseling. However, our final authority is the word of God. Come on. We, we employ the Word of God to bring everything to a point where it's equally understandable.
3: And we believe that people do what they do because they believe what they believe. Mm. And when we're able to change those beliefs, we're able to get down deep and dig out some of the lies that they have believed since they were six years old mm. and and on. So we it's the lie versus truth. And truth, we know it to be the word of God.
0: Come on. That's good. Come on. That's good. Mm-hmm. So, um, Brittany, you always correct me on because I've talked on my podcast. So I want to sit down and talk with you. You, what's the difference between a sex therapist and a sexologist?
4: Um, the clinical aspect of it. So, I'm a licensed social worker, so I'm clinically trained, but I don't practice the work of therapy. I do more coaching and educating so as a sexologist i am an expert in the study of human sexuality and as a christian sexologist i work to in the gap bridging the gap between the science and scripture
0: of human sexuality good good how many y'all have problems in sex don't raise your hand i'm just messing with you (laughs) listen (laughs) so when we talk and i'm gonna come back to you Brittany. um finances how much because we talk about Um, what's the leading cause of divorce? Um, how much do you believe that finances impact relationships?
5: Oh, very much a, 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 lot. And so, you know, in terms of my experience, you know, working as an accountant and also prior uh, I've served 13 years at Cornerstone as their director of accounting, and I was able to, you know, work with couples in terms of budgeting and handling finances. And we've kind of found that that was kind of one of the main causes of divorce in marriages is the issue of finances.
0: Let me ask you this, Daewoo. Um Do you believe that people should have separate bank accounts?
5: So we just gonna go straight. We gonna, to the we gonna, straight straight, we gonna jump straight, on in there. Straight. We are we, we gonna no, we gonna rough some feathers gonna, early no, on. No warming up. No, warm no softball up nothing. questions. There ain't nothing, gonna be nothing. No
0: foreplay with 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 Brittany. <laughs> we gonna
5: jump. We gonna jump right on in there. So here we go. All right. As as my my pastor, I grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, Bishop Kennedy Omer, He would say, you know, we just gonna go straight into the deep end of the pool. Yeah. And so for me, you know, of course, you know, I'm I'm a CPA certified public accountant, but I'm a firm believer that the word has so much to say. About finances. And, and really the main issue that happens is that, that we're asking the wrong question. You know, we're asking, okay, well, should we have joint accounts? Should we have separate accounts? In reality, when we, as believers, we have to start with, first of all, what is our role? What is the role that God has assigned for us? And that role is that we're a steward. And so the real question we should be asking in our marriage is, how do, how should we be stewarding the resources that God gave us? Yeah. That was a good
0: way of getting around my questions. (laughs) Because I'm still wondering, Daewoo, because these people want to figure it out. They want to know, should we have joint bank accounts or separate bank accounts? Should it be an account for the family bill? Should she have it? Because she don't want to be talking to her husband every time she wants to make a purchase and vice versa. So how do you break that down? And we know all households aren't the same, but we want to know, what are some healthy tools to adopt in order to mitigate those arguments over finances?
5: Okay, so I'll, I'll share a little bit of how me and my wife, you know, we've been married 23 years. Uh, you know, praise God. We're in our MJ, hey man. Michael Jordan, the, the real goat years. Yeah, yes. Uh, so pretty much the way we work, joint, joint bank account in terms of everything comes into one. In terms of how we handle everything from a joint bank account. Now. I know some people out there. They're probably saying, "Hey, you know, I want I want to go shopping. I want to buy some shoes. I want to, you know, have some 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 fun, right? And not have to answer all those, you know. Okay, well, can I can I go buy a new pair of shoes? You know, my my shoes got holes in them and they need to be replaced. <laughs> and, and so, what we do, what we have set up also is that, you know, we have we called it, you know, when we first said we called it Mad Account. It's like you can, you know, we have an account where each of us, you know, the money comes into the joint, and then each month an amount pretty much like an allowance goes to each of those separate accounts that we're able to, if we want to go shopping, you know, I'm a, I'm a foodie. So I, my, my vice is I like to go out and eat. I like to eat out a lot. And, and, and my wife, she, she will attest to that. My felt the spirit over there. <laughs> <Somebody> <laughs> say amen.
0: Well, hold on. You said this account is called the what account?
5: I, we called it. When we first got married, we called it. It was like, you know, if you want to just go mad. Because, oh, man. Because okay. there's no, you go, you go crazy and there's no consequences because you're not affecting the household if you, you go crazy spending in this account. Now you can't go to the strip club and everything with this, You're guy, right? So, so but, amen. But you know, you, you still stay within biblical grounds with handling that money. But you have that freedom and flex- flexibility. But the main important piece is having that communication with your spouse of okay, hey, this is how we're going to operate. And 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 really, you know, when we like I said, going back to when we operate as a steward, it's not ours. It's okay how God wants us to handle it. And a lot of times we. We're we're uncomfortable having these conversations, and and the reality is we we have to get comfortable with having conversations with our spouse about money. But when you look at it, when you talk about this mad
0: account, is it even distributions to each count? Like you you know a uh, thousand five hundred dollars, whatever, goes into both of those counts at the same time? Yes. And it's not based on the percentage of the income earner?
5: Yes. Because that can
0: get real lopsided. If you making a hundred thousand and she making fifty, and you go you putting a thousand, and she's like, no, you only get five hundred, and now you got twenty thousand dollars in your mad account, and she got fifteen hundred. There have been some unhealthy things that have been. taught so Amen. There's been some unhealthy things taught to a lot of women about finances, where their moms or grandparents said, "Girl, get you a little side account that your husband don't know about." Because when you don't know, when how many you know, y'all from- were taught that? Get your little side account. It's testimony time. Told you to get a little side account in case the relationship goes bad. Then you got you some money to get away. We want to heal some people right now. So what do you think about that?
5: So to my knowledge, me, me and my, and I, I'm operating from, from my house. And so, you know, we don't have side accounts, pretty much everything. That you know of. No, Go it, 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 <laughs> and, and. and 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 that is, and I'm sure they'll talk about that from that perspective, but yeah, I operate from the fact of, hey, I trust my wife. You know, I I always say she's the best thing to happen to me after my salvation. And so um, I, I operate from that position. I can't. I can't go from the position of okay. Well, does does Tulu, does she have something on the side? Does she have some money that I don't know about? I, it, it would drive me crazy. Yeah. And, and so I, I just have to operate from the position of hey, I, I trust her. We we've been married twenty three years. You know, I, I trust. I, I put matter of fact, because she's an accountant as well, also.
0: Oh wow. So
5: yeah. be, really, they both accountants. Yeah. So she, I, you know, in terms of handling the budget, she's the one who handles the budget. So I, I put complete trust. And and I I understand, you know, that for some people maybe hey you've been burned and so that could probably lead into some of the reasons why you operate the way you operate in terms of okay, well I gotta have something on the side because, you know, hey, like like you said, mama told me because you know, hey Daddy went crazy. Daddy did this. And left her
0: without nothing right. and
5: with the kids and she couldn't even pay the
0: bills. Didn't even know what the bills were because he never gave her access to those bills. And so she, he up and left and she's sitting there destitute. And so um, we, we need to heal a lot of that trauma. Let's go over here to the Alexanders. Uh, what are some of the biggest issues that you find um, show up on your couch from couples? Well, the number one issue
2: is communication. And the thought is that, and we we take this from a couple of different perspectives, but our belief is that we are the sum total of our life's experiences. Right. And as a result of that domestication, we develop agreements that take us into different ways of understanding, appreciating. And so really it boils down to, we're communicating at different levels. And and sometimes it's difficult for us to really understand each other. It's not done maliciously, but it's a situation if we begin to expand our thinking towards each other and realize the fact that we came together because we love each other, right? not because we're competing, then maybe it becomes a little more plausible to begin to understand each other.
0: Ms. Alexander.
3: You- and we think that Women communicate to build relationships. We're always talking to our husbands, to our spouses, oh yeah. to yeah. our boyfriends, and we just want to build that relationship. We want you, we want to know, do you see us? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What happened over here? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Not because we're trying to be nosy, we just want to build a relationship. And we find that men communicate to Solve problems. Yeah, and if yeah. there's no problem, then why are you
0: communicating? <laughs> right.
3: Right. What, you what are you we talking about? What, are we, right. talking what are we talking about?
0: you we talking about, about. nothing. Right. And it's even worse when you when you're talking and then we trying to get to the solution and you're like, "No, I don't want you fixing it." You're like, "You just wasted my time." Absolutely. You just Absolutely. said all of this for nothing. Absolutely. So, what do you find some of the? So, with the communication being an issue, what do you find? How does that manifest itself in relationships? How do you find like the issue that they come to the table with? It's not like they're coming saying we have a communication issue. You find whatever that problem is, is rooted and grounded in the communication issue. So what are some of the things that they actually come to the table with complaining about?
2: Well, first of all, my husband doesn't talk. He doesn't talk to me. Um, and we can go deeply into mm-hmm. that, but the second thing is conflict resolution. Yeah.
0: That's good. Yeah, Let's talk about conflict resolution.
2: Okay, when we talk about conflict resolution, each of us is actually coming from a, a different place based on our domestication, based on the agreements that we have made throughout life. And if you think about it, the agreements that we've made have brought us to where we are. And we think, well, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm all right. Look at me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the thought is to really communicate with your spouse or your significant other to make some what we would call new agreements that serve us where we are right now. Um, Conflict is something that, that happens as a result of one or both of us viewing the particular situation from a different viewpoint. Or standpoint and thinking that their way based on their domestication is the right way mm-hmm.
0: right. so what is so miss Alexander what is the first thing you would recommend couples do in resolving conflict because sometimes people want to talk about it now other people say give me time right. and then sometimes the person that's saying give me time is literally making an excuse to hopefully that they (laughs) stall you out to forget about the issue to begin with. And then you come to them to talk about They're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. They're like, that's the reason why I didn't want to give you time. I want to talk about it right then. So what are some of the solutions on handling conflict?
3: I think it's something that you do when you're coming together, when you're getting to know and to understand your spouse. You talk about how you feel at a particular time. So you come to a place that you are in disagreement And I'm the type of person that I don't want to talk about it right now. I need to process. So I'm going to share that with my spouse. Good. When we get to that place, when I ask you to let me think about it, let's come back and talk about it at any particular time. And then my spouse is saying, I want to solve it right now. I think that's something that we as a couple have to decide. Do we want to respect? That's where the R word comes in. Yeah respect our partner and what they think and how they think and if we do, then we're going to allow them that time to process. And if not, we're going to, I want to solve it right now, so let's go. Let's go at it. Then you go, and then the, you're getting that person riled up, and then it's really conflict. But it doesn't have to be that way. The way my husband and I solve our differences. And what, after, y'all have differences? After 40 years. y'all, y'all hold After 40 and... years, we have one on, or two. Hold on, y'all just throw that out
0: there. How many years have y'all been married? Forty. 40 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Y'all got to give it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. And to my Thank understanding, you. you just celebrated your, your anniversary, just, right? On
2: the 9th. Yeah.
0: On the 9th of this month. Absolutely. How, hold on. I got to hear this. How did y'all celebrate y'all 40-year anniversary? Well, I'm going to let him tell it. We, we, we started with,
2: um, with a dinner. I planned a dinner for us. And I had planned to ask her to marry me again. So, so you proposed
0: to her again?
2: Absolutely, and that, that started about a year ago because I had to get the, the ring and figure out. Oh, all you got right. a, another ring and everything? Absolutely, got another ring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, we went, went to, went to dinner, uh, a place called Albernay's.
0: I thought about say Applebee's. You went to Albanese.
2: That's almost Albanese, <laughs> but it's A B, right? But no, um, Albanese. And I had arranged with uh, the hostess to to help video it.
0: Oh. And
2: um, I just went in. I gave her a card, and while she was reading the card, I told her I had to go to the restroom, so I left. He gave me cards
0: all day right. long. Oh. I another
3: and, card. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah.
0: So she said she was, he was giving you cards all day, yeah, throughout she, the day. Yeah,
2: throughout the day. So when I gave her the final card, she just figured, oh, another card. Yeah. So when I left, I said, here, read this, and I'll be right back. I'm going to the bathroom. So as she was reading, I came back out, and I took the knee, and I asked her to marry me. So. It was awesome. It was absolutely, I had no
3: idea. And what did you say? I said, yes, (laughs) yes. Hyperventilating, I said, yes. I felt like it was the first time. You did? I absolutely did.
0: 40 years later. I get emotional
3: even now thinking about it. It was such an amazing moment.
0: Why? Why? Put the microphone (laughs) close to your mouth. Tell me, why was that such an emotional moment? 40 years in the game and it gave you goosebumps and gave you excitement 40 years later? To think that he put the thought, he
3: was intentional, about letting me know that I had been the best girl for him, that he wanted to ask me about. Amen,
2: amen. Yeah.
3: And that's what I want to teach the young ladies that come and sit before me. The Bible says that the older women are to teach the younger women. Yes. And I want to teach the younger yeah. women. And if you listen, I promise you, I'll get you to where God wants you to be.
0: There it is. Hey, I said that
2: the uh, the first 40 years was so awesome, I had to have 40 more.
0: (laughs) He said, give me 40 more. Thank y'all so much. Man, I would speak blessings over y'all marriage. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank Thank you for giving us a godly example of what marriage looks like. Thank you for showing us what 40 years of commitment and to continue to recommit yourselves to one another. Thank yeah. you for showing us that. Thank I you. honor y'all. Thank, Thank y'all. You. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Doctor Pope. What's up? So you're you specialize in trauma and grief. Right. It's pretty. I know you hear a lot of stories about how our childhood experiences have impacted us, uh, impacted us in our adult life. Um, what are some of the the issues that come across your couch?
6: Uh, Mainly relationship issues. Um, And what I say is, um, in terms of relationships, if they haven't dealt with what happened to them as a child- Put the microphone
0: closer, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. There we
6: go. Um, Did those things that happened to them as a child start to manifest in their relationships, their intimacy, why their partner can't touch them in a certain way, or they're suddenly triggered and now their partner is like, I don't understand, You know, I've been with you before, but this one touch has now like, I can't touch you that way. Or they're having intimacy issues where they don't want to have, like they don't want to be touched at all. And this person can't figure that out. Those things manifest in their relationships because of sexual trauma, things that just re-triggering in the mind. And sometimes we don't know our triggers. And that's like the hardest part for someone who's been through a traumatic experience. Those triggers aren't automatic. It could be a smell, It could be a familiar voice and suddenly your mind is taking you somewhere even though you are physically safe. Your mind is telling you danger, danger, danger. And I see that a lot.
0: Uh, Statistics show that one in four women are victims of sexual assault. How do you, what are some advice to give to men? It may be uh, a lot of men in this o- uh, audience a lot of husbands that are dealing with and trying to navigate that space with their significant other what are some things and some tools uh you can tell them on how to navigate that and they may not even know they may see the symptoms of it but they don't understand it like well she just don't want to have sex with me she don't want to she don't want to touch me she tripping today you know how do you what advice could you give to them
6: well one i'm really glad that i have a co-partner soul social worker up here um Because we talk about communication and consent all the time. And when you, it starts really at the dating um, phase. And I know we're going to get that to the second service. But you need to have those conversations when you're dating. You need to have conversations about consent and the communication. Where do I like to be touched? That needs to start early. You don't want to find that out after you've been married. So having those conversations about things, how you grew up how your father treated you, you know, what things happened. Are you getting help? You know, is somebody in therapy? Is my partner or the person I'm dating, are you actively getting help for what you're telling me right now? Because if you are, then I want to be a part of that that process. Yes. I need to be there because I need to understand what your triggers are or that you don't know your triggers. Because being in a safe space and creating that safe space for that person is so important. They need to be affirmed and know that they're safe because their mind is not telling them that they're safe. They know that you love them, but whatever's going on around them is telling them danger, danger, danger. So it starts at the dating and asking, you know, where do you or don't like to be touched? How do you feel about this? You know, when it comes to intimacy and relationships, even the tone of your voice, because if I was abused and all I heard was yelling, and the first time we get into an argument, you raise your voice, I'm out. Yeah. You're no longer safe.
0: So what are some words? Um, of course, people here, they're already married. So they may have not known those triggers in the dating phase. So now they're here. They've been, I've, I've spoken to couples who haven't had sex in six months, a year or whatnot. Um, talked to a couple one day uh, through my DMs. They haven't had sex in 12 years. And so now he or she, and it was a woman, and she says, I haven't had sex with my, my husband in 12 years. And of course that just opens up the door. Forget, open up the door to, uh, infidelity. It, it's no door at all. It, the door is just gone at this point. And so, so the access is wide, wide open. So when you talk about people that have dealt with trauma and they're triggered in it, two years in the marriage and they like you said that's familiar scent they go to their hometown during a family reunion and then they all those memories flash back and that wife begins to shut down or even that husband begins to shut down because he he may have been a victim of sexual assault what are some words to use to begin to unpack that so that they could find themselves on somebody's couch like yours or uh britney's to get help
6: So first I want to bring in the Bible when we talk, because we've had conversations before about generational curses, right? Um, and the science part of that is in utero, you can pass stress down to your child. So when we talk about breaking generational curses, understand that it has to happen at the cellular level.
0: Yes. Teach.
6: So when we're married to someone that we know or may not know, had we immediately, there has to be some prayer in this. Because you're going to have to break some things that are at the cellular level. Yeah. You're going to have to speak some things into their life that may not have ever been spoken before. Because at the cellular level, they are damaged. But they can heal. And that's the amazing thing about our mind and our body. The self-preservation, it wants to heal. It absolutely wants to protect you. So I would say first things first is really just <laughs> Prayer. The second thing is to really find out what a safe space is like for them, grounding. How do I bring you back to present? How do I bring you back to this moment where it's just you and I? I need you to connect with me right here in this moment. Because whatever is your mind is telling you, I need you to come back here and creating that safe space for them.
0: Trust is so paramount in a relationship. Whether it's trusting someone with your finances, whether it's trusting someone with your past uh pain hurts habits and hang-ups whether it's trusting somebody with your insecurities and vulnerabilities trust is so important and when you don't trust that spouse then you do have your side bank account you do uh hide the fact that you have may have dealt with child abuse or may have dealt with um fear of marriage fear of relationships because you don't trust them and it leads into your sexual relationship and so Brittany, when we talk about trust and you find that, let me ask you this what are some of the biggest issues you find when you go out, because Brittany goes around the churches um, she's a Christian sexologist and yeah, she likes when I say that she's a Christian sexologist so what she has done, the work that she does is talking about what in the church we find to be so taboo, and what I love about Pastor Evan, he was like, no, yeah yeah, let's let's get on that stage so we can talk about some stuff, uh, because this month is about Married folks, have more sex, right? Amen? How many of y'all been taking the challenge to have more sex? Don't clap, don't, t- alright, amen, amen. So that's a challenge, have more sex. Uh, and so the question to you, Brittany, is what are some of the issues that you find that couples are struggling with when it comes to sex?
4: Yeah, the two primary ones are the folks who have done it right. They're, you know, leading up into marriage and then get into marriage and still feel like they're doing something wrong.
0: So doing it right are those people that are practiced abstinence before marriage and then they get married and now they can't express themselves sexually because they feel dirty. Correct.
4: Because they approached the abstinence from an avoidance or censorship uh, mindset as a, as opposed to stewardship. So they looked at sex as bad, as evil, as dirty, as something to be avoided at all costs, as opposed to a beautiful gift that was just set aside for a pointed time. And it's hard for them to turn that mindset off. And we teach it, unfortunately, like no, 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 no. Wedding night light light switch. Now we hang it from the chandeliers, but it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not that simple. And then we also teach sexual freedom as you doing anything and everything. Even how we talk about, you know, the better marriage being undefiled. But for real... Uh, True freedom is authenticity. And so whether that is once a month for your household for whatever reason or seven days a week, multiple times a day, if it's authentic to you and it is serving the mutual and equitable pleasure needs of the household, then that's what makes it freedom. But the other issue that I also run into is uh, the mismatched desire, mismatched libido. One partner wants it more than the other partner. And most often it's because one partner is more responsive desire meaning like it takes a while to you know respond to the stimuli and then one partner is spontaneous desire it's tuesday you walk past me smelling good you know what's up (laughs) right And, and so the partner with the the spontaneous desire they carry the burden of discipline and the partner with the responsive desire carries the burden of obedience because we have the first Corinthians like not withholding really trying to navigate what's the difference between denial like no today and now withholding. And now I got to repent because I'm in sin because I'm I'm tired. I don't feel good. It's, and, you know, how do we navigate that and make sure everybody is well taken care of? And then also. People say no because they don't like the sex that they're having, but women aren't allowed to say you're not good at it because we have to uphold the egos of our, of our husbands. And you know.
0: Brittany you're stepping on toes right now, I feel. We're trying to get men to come yeah. to church and now the membership of the men have declined. They're logging off on watching online. Cause men don't have the ego to be corrected. When And women have found themselves faking orgasms far too is. long. That's it. And so how do we get to the place of safety to, for a man, for a woman to express her needs to a man without insulting his?
2: So
4: for me, the formula I use to his ego, right? The yeah, formula the I use is empathy leads to intimacy, which leads to ecstasy.
0: That's good. Say that one more
4: again. Empathy leads to intimacy, which leads to ecstasy.
0: Let's break that down.
4: So as partners, we need to see each other first as humans good. and have empathy, have empathy towards the needs of our, of one another, just as our, as men and women, as re- whatever responsibility that we have, the competing priorities that we navigate as busy families, entrepreneurs, work, or if you're um stay at home, parents, whatever kids are, you know, kids. They wear you out, okay? And so to be able, and when, if you are the primary caregiver, when you are consumed all day, you are, you may touch out. Like, people have been hanging on me all day, and every time you come to me, you need something. Sex sometimes looks like another thing that I have to do or another thing that I have to give. It's not seen as something that is being poured back into, Right. So seeing each other from the empathetic lens first in your humanity allows you to be intimate with one another, which is the shared space of vulnerability, which is being seen, heard, valued and understood in those moments. And then that is the ecstasy is just the expression of everything that you've already built. And so that means ecstasy can still remain, even if I tell you no tonight that doesn't mean I don't love you, that doesn't mean I'm not attracted to you, that doesn't mean that I'm using you or I'm being unfair, but it also means that I'm not going to keep saying tomorrow, 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 and not keeping my end of the bargain. Because my responsibility then is if I'm avoiding it, it's my responsibility to say, what, why don't I like this? What's happening in our sexual experience that's not really desirable? And if, if he's not good, you need to move to the left or the right, fast and slow or whatever, say that. Say that.
6: Say it. Say it. Say what Say you it.
4: want. Say it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. I mean, because ultimately your <laughs> orgasm, your orgasm is your responsibility.
0: Say it again. Somebody your orgasm hear the back. is your responsibility. Your orgasm is your responsibility. Unpack that. And
4: by that, I mean you have the information necessary to have that experience. Your partner isn't giving something to you. They're not doing you a favor in any way. You possess that information. You provide that information to them. And that good, that good partner would take that information and apply it. And that's wisdom. Knowledge applied is wisdom. So moving in sexual wisdom is the foundation of a good sexual relationship in marriage.
0: Brittany, how many people have you found that... Never have experienced an orgasm. A lot. A lot. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Primarily, clitoral ignorance. Clitoral ignorance. Primarily
4: ignorance. Primarily, but also the community. So that's a societal
0: thing that the clitoral. Clitoral ignorance. I I gotta say (laughs) that. Clitoral ignorance. (laughs) Yes. So, So so why why are they ignorant about that?
4: Because society says that women's bodies don't matter. Right, and so we, we know that the, the clitoris has been present since the garden when God said all that He had made and said that it was very good, the clitoris was there, there's no, it's not a technological marvel, it didn't come with evolution over time, everybody had one. But much like any other issue that we see around, you know, medicine and insurance and things and women's health care, the women's bodies are not really prioritized and pleasure is built and shaped for male satisfaction and male consumption. And so for so long, the clitoris was um, was not known in science. Right? And so now when you learn the body and you learn the clitoral, understand that 70% of women require clitoral stimulation for orgasm and that penetration alone isn't going to get them there. Right. That's how we, education on that piece ends the clitoral ignorance. And then there's also the communication and the empowerment for women to say, mm-hmm. faster, slower, right. move down, or I don't like this, or more of this, or less of this. We're, we're socialized to be, can, talk we're socialized we're to be wet and willing but don't want it too much because a good woman a guy don't doesn't move like that doesn't act like that so be available
0: but don't be available but, too much but
4: don't be available too much to the point that it's part of your personality do the whole you know the Madonna. Um, the first lady in public and the uh, those, yes, yes, exactly, doors. and yeah. that that dichotomy always keeps women and wives performing mm-hmm. and so now, when it comes time to sit and receive and they have the opportunity to be pleased it 's another way where i 'm have to perform and i can 't just sit and, and be and nothing ruins an orgasm like performance pressure, trying to get to the finish line like women carry a lot of shame when they aren 't able to orgasm
0: hold on, is this just, helping to somebody right now. <laughs> Y'all want to say it?
6: <laughs> oh, y'all y'all want to say it? Some good stuff.
0: Let me tell you something. The reason why this is so important because those that watch my podcast, I talk about the feather story. And the feather story was where God reminded me Of something that happened in my marriage and this was like last year where God gave me this aha moment. And I had been divorced seven years at this point. And God said, LaTaris, you know, you're very selfish sexually in your marriage. I said, me? Selfish? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, what? And He brought me back to the first year of marriage where my wife brought home a feather. And she brought this feather and she was like, hey, just, you know, when, we, you know, we make love today, I want you to just, you know, rub this feather on me. Now at that point, we weren't having sex that much anyway. we would have sex probably once every 10 days. And I was like, we're newlyweds. We are supposed to be getting it like bunny rabbits and it's not, it's not happening. So I felt deprived. And then so when she came with this feather, I said, here's one more obstacle. Ooh. So she brought this feather and she was like, How hey, I want you to rub this. So I'm begrudgingly rubbing on her body like this. I'm just. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> so i'm rubbing the feather on so you know you feel that energy it ain't like that's turning her on at all she's like wow you know so i'm trying to i'm trying to like when do you when, when do you tag me in just tag me in because this little feather ain't working and so what happened was i was so naive about what she wanted she wanted sensuality she wanted intimacy while i wanted just to have sex yes. and it took all those years of marriage all the way until i've been divorced seven years and god brings that back to my remembrance and i'll say that i was very selfish in that moment because she wanted a soft touch she wanted the highest level of foreplay and all i wanted to do is just start off a little bit you know and then let's let's get started you know and so that's the reason why people like you are so important because in the church we find um, a lot of men and women that are sexually frustrated but no one is really communicating and they're communicating in ways that We're just not picking up those clues.
4: And we're really focused on the supposed to be. Hollywood, as we talked in the back, Hollywood has done a number of us, has told us that this is what sex is supposed to be. We've idolized spontaneity and we feel like our clothes are just going to magically fall off. Pornography teaches us that you look at somebody, you get, you want it, you get it, you move and there's this explosive bed shaking, eye rolling in the back of the head, loud orgasm. That's not really true for everybody and we don't sit in the, we understand that science to the will of God and science. When we look at Scripture, science was created based on what the Scripture says. So when again, when He says that we were um, fearfully and wonderfully made, He saw all that He had made and said that it was good. That includes the sexual response cycle, where women are about ten to fifteen minutes behind men before they get to that um, that peak in their arousal. So when you that rubber, you know, doing all of this yeah. real quick and then ready to just get the business, she's not there yet. And so then, and then you're ready to go and you reach your climax and she's sitting around like, well, that's it. I guess we go to sleep now. And so that's where the frustration comes in because then we battle with well, what do I do so that I'm pleased as well. We, then our pleasure becomes back on us as if I, I'm all I got. I, I, I only could do it myself. I can't talk to you about these things because I don't want you to feel bad about it. But really, if you just slow down, right. because the feather also said, slow down. I want you to pace this a little different. A lot of us That's are good. moving too quickly because we are looking at this as just something to do as a check off list. And if you begin to do things like schedule sex, then you have those competing priorities out of the way. You've done what you needed to do. If you don't like the, having sex and you can't focus because there's dishes in the sink. I understand that. You do it, wash the dishes or put the kids in bed early. We're not cooking tonight. we eating out. So at 8 o'clock, it's me and you. We take turns. On this week, you the Wednesday captain. You plan everything that's going in there so it still has that that joy and that excitement. But we know that Phones on do not disturb. TV is off. Children have a babysitter or whatever you need to do to create this environment and say this time, whatever that may looks like, whether it's penetrative or whether we don't, we've moved to a a place in life where that's not anything that we do for health reasons or whatever. But I want to spend this time with you and sexual expression looks like how it looks like in our home, but it's important to me and I'm not just checking you off, off the list.
0: Which is, which is very interesting because it shifts. Um, they say that, you know, when we're younger, the man has the sexual aggression and then it switches and you start hitting them 40s and 50s or whatever. The man like, girl, leave me alone. I'm tired. And the woman like, Ugh. so she's going crazy. So, So you got to, it, it's going to flip. And so your day is coming, brothers. And, you know, and so that's where. You know, if you steward that thing well, then she's gonna to have to give you the same level of grace that she's asking you to give her in those different years. Um, we wanna open it up real quick to questions. If people uh text the questions, that they, they uh text in the questions. Yes, no? Oh, there it is. Can married couples use sex toys doing? Oh, y'all went there. <laughs> Can married couples use sex toys during their sexual intimacy? We're gonna go there.
4: Me? Alright, well amen. Yeah. So, it's, the can, it really leans to a right or wrong, like values thing. So if, if that sits against sits in opposition of what you believe, if, you know, if it's sin to you, then it's sin, then, you know, understandably. But if it is something that you've decided you want to use as a pleasure aid, I, I would, um, of course, I support that, but make sure you're doing it well and informed. Make sure you are doing your research on what you know. Just buy any old thing because you've seen it on social media. You Make sure it fits and it's body safe, that you're cleaning it well, and that you're recognizing that it is a support. It is a supplement to the foundation that you already have, and you want to make sure there's no pride. You don't want to be in competition with an inanimate you object. You cannot compete with those sex toys. That
0: you, you, you are can't. not going to be able to compete with these things. And the so. thing is that it doesn't even serve the same <laughs> (laughs) get your ego involved in that it's it's not gonna work
4: it's not your feelings gonna be hurt
0: but the thing is that you wouldn't want to to (laughs) to ask the pastor to play for you because your ego or you're gonna throw your back out trying to compete with one of do it. it's just not that just don't do do it it. don't
4: and honestly it's it's no point in competing because it's not the same thing i guarantee you that she he or she does not want from this toy what they want from you, exactly. you know, they're not going to hold you after they're not going to rub you're not going to feel the weight of their body on top of you it's not going to whisper sweet nothing's in your ear you're not going to it's not going to wear that creed when you co- oh
0: sorry a back, a it's go. Right. let me jump over here Alexander. ask <laughs> this question how do you handle your husband's mom at, uh, expecting equal treatment and equal gifts as the wife okay the first thing we think about is and we're gonna, we're gonna do a, a fire answer, rapid response. so give them a quick response to that question.
2: That we are to leave mother and father, and we to Talk. cleave to our wives. Talk about it. Or our husbands. So that's the first thing. Uh, and I understand appreciating and loving mom and dad or, or mom. Mm-hmm. However, that might not necessarily be the best thing. Your first
0: allegiance is to your wife. Amen. Or your husband.
2: Amen. That's the short
0: answer that's good any other questions up there before we conclude i want to talk about real quickly you talk about uh grief being stored in the body um how does that affect us because a lot of us are dealing with different illnesses uh early detection of heart attack and all that stuff how do we how is grief stored in the body and how how are our bodies responding to it
6: so it's interesting because i was Put my hand up because I wanted to say something about, you know, what she had talked about really quickly in terms of um, grief and trauma being stored up in the body. Sexual dysfunction is also a byproduct of trauma, and that's not just in men. It's not talked about in women at all, and our inability to be able to be intimate with our partner. So, when trauma is stored up in the body, it can come out in so many different ways. Yes, it leads to diabetes. It can lead to early onset of Um, hypertension, um, heart palpitations, things like that. Stress in the body. (laughs) Listen, the body keeps score, right? The body will always keep score. So you find yourself sitting around your shoulders are always tensed up and you got to tell yourself to relax. That's the trauma response. You can't seem to, you got to take a deep breath everywhere you're going. Um, Trauma can show up in the body in a myriad of of ways in terms of um, just everyday life. I mean, I, I I have to say for a person who's dealing with trauma, it can show up in anxiety attacks, panic attacks. I'm a person who suffers from panic attacks. My panic attacks happen at night. I The only way that I can really emphasize it or even describe it for you is for me, it feels like water. It feels like an ocean of water is just rushing over my body. And I have no idea where it's coming from. I'm completely safe. I'm in my own home, in my own bed. But for some reason, my mind is telling me that I'm not safe. And so I feel this rush of water that just comes over my body. And I've got to remind myself and ground myself. For me, I get up and I stand up and I put my feet on the ground. And remind myself that where I am presently, I am safe. For other people, it shows up in different areas. Their panic attacks can look very, very different. It could just simply be, I'm overwhelmed, and suddenly I'm hyperventilating. I can't catch my breath. Rapid breathing. It can look like handshaking. Um, It doesn't really matter. Again, it can show up in public. It can show up in private, wherever you are. So recognizing what those signs look like when you are storing, when the trauma is hitting your body physically um, it's it's really a matter of you understanding your body, how you react to certain things. When you walk in some place and your body is tensed up and you feel like I just did an entire workout at the right. end of the day and you're like, why are my abs sore? And you're like, that's where you're restoring it. And for some people, they feel it in various places. I've had clients that say, I feel like a weight on my chest. I feel it in the back of my neck. I feel it in my knees. So being in tune with your body and helping them be in tune with their bodies.
0: Good, good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I want to get to this last question because I believe that God is going to. ah. So my wife and I are sitting here. She wants a divorce like yesterday. We're both believers, but we both stepped outside of the marriage at some point, plus issues with money and everything you, you can think of. I'm praying for and believing for us to be restored. There's a couple in this audience right now that's believing for a breakthrough. There's a couple in this audience that are on the verge of divorce. They had a conversation about it yesterday. I want to close this out in prayer. And if that couple feels, I would not ask you to come down here to the altar, but if you so are led to come to the altar... Then uh, we're going to invite you to the altar and this whole body of believers are going to pray for you. And also what we're going to do, uh, I'll do it out of my pocket or, or whatever, is put y'all in therapy. If you want to give 60 days to this process on God restoring your relationship.
2: Let me say one thing.
0: Hold on, real quick. 60 days. 60 days. If you want to commit 60 days to submit to this process to see what God can do. Yes. Yeah. See what God can do. To see what God can do, then I ask you, before you throw in the towels, I've, I've watched couples' relationships be restored on my podcast. That's exactly what God has been curating through the Dear Future Wifey podcast. And if God can do it before, he can do it again.
2: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes as we begin to intercede on behalf of this amazing couple. And I thank you so much for being so bold to even submit this question in this comment heavenly father we know that you are a miracle working god there is nothing too impossible for you so god we stand right now in agreement believing right now in the name of jesus that no weapon formed against them shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against them shall be condemned for this is their inheritance because they are servants of you god we lean not to our own understanding but in all our ways we will acknowledge you so you can direct their past right now in the name of jesus Satan, I bind up every demonic attack I I bind up every foul spirit that is coming against this relationship right now in the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus. I come against the spirit of divorce right now in the name of Jesus. God, we. You said if you be lifted up, that you will draw all men. So God, we lift you up in this situation right now. We ask that you draw yourself unto them right now in the name of Jesus. Begin to heal the brokenness in their relationship. Begin to plant the seed in their hearts right now to begin to cultivate the healing that is necessary. He said that he believes that you are able to still heal their relationship. They believe. So God, we need for you to come in and begin to do surgery over this thing right now surgery God and God this will be a testimony this will be an encounter that you showed up in the midst of their brokenness and began to restore them on today on today so God we give you all the glory we thank you in advance for the testimony that's going to come forth through this experience we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus name we pray Amen